By embracing their natural strengths, women advisors are upending the status quo and challenging the financial industry with a more authentic approach to doing business. Welcome to the Femex Advisor Podcast, where we empower female financial advisors to fearlessly embrace their authentic selves. Adri Miller-Heckman, the founder of Femex Advisor, inspires and empowers women to leverage their natural strengths, creating more energy, passion, and success. Follow along for female-driven, inspirational, and motivational strategies for you to create the extraordinary life you have always wanted. Hi, I'm Adri Miller-Heckman, founder of Femex Advisor, and welcome to today's podcast, where women fearlessly embrace their authentic self. You know, many advisors seem to have an advantage over others. Some women come from within the industry, and while they have the advantage of understanding how things work, they lack the work network to build upon and build a thriving practice. Other women come to the industry with really powerful networks from a previous career, but lack the inner working of the industry, and they struggle with that. Others come into the business inheriting clients, yet those clients are not always the ones you want to work with or work well with. Well, my guest today is a very courageous woman. Her future as a financial advisor was set. She joined her dad's practice and knew one day it would all be hers, but this wasn't her purpose. And what she chose to do was very scary, but also very impressive. And I can't wait for you to hear her story. Jessica Weaver is a wealth advisor and founder of the Women's Wealth Boutique, an RIA firm focused on the needs of women, both as female advisors and as female clients. So Jessica, welcome to the call today. Oh, thank you for having me, Adri. I was getting goosebumps as you're going into (laughs) the the talk today. Oh my goodness. But thank you so much for having me, Adri. Well, let's start from the beginning. I mean, you had what many women dream about, financial security, a career path laid out for you, and you chose to walk away. But let's talk about how you got into the industry. Yes. So I remember filling envelopes for my father's firm when I was probably eight or nine years old, (laughs) sitting on the family room carpet and as part of my allowance and stuffing those cold mailers that they used to do in the snail mail back in the day for it. And then that just evolved to every summer working in his office, doing the filing, some of the paperwork, just the basic things there. And then that led to internships at larger firms, insurance focused firms. So I could get a good feel of There are so many different ways you can be involved in the financial industry, whether you're an advisor, an insurance agent, behind the scenes in the background, client-facing roles. And in the end, I decided to move forward and join my father's firm. And this was in 2010. And after I graduated college, I spent the entire summer getting licensed. I started getting licensed actually in college. And that was helpful because when you... When it's the first time learning these terms, it is overwhelming. I remember sitting down after dinner and my father and I would go through it. What's an annuity? What's an IRA? What's a mutual fund? Oh, there's so many concepts. When you're first taking it all in, it's a lot. And I think I studied more that summer than I did my entire four four years at college, (laughs) gearing up for it. 
So, so this was just this kind of like a vortex that kind of swooped you in, right? You were doing everything, but was there any thought of doing any other career? I liked the business side, the business world. I played basketball all through high school and college. I was a thousand point scorer in high school and college. I have a few records at my college. I, that was my life. So not having basketball be a part of my career was hard to fathom. And I thought maybe I'll be a basketball coach. I loved having that community, the teammates. And then you also have your coaches, you have your trainers for support, you have the fans, all these different people that are all there for one thing, to win, to do well, to do good, to improve continuously. But I also like the business world a lot. And I remember having conversation of a conversation with my father on all these different venues that he thought would be good for me. And I remember sitting in on a few of my dad's meetings with his clients. And I started to see that he really is a coach. He's an advisor. He's a mentor. He guides people, assists them, educates them. He's a coach. And I love self-improvement. I love self-growth. And I think that's what really drew me to basketball, that achievement. And there's Mm -hmm. the next achievement, a higher level. So I could see that in the same way where as an advisor working with their clients and building out not just that one-on-one relationship, but then how could I as an advisor build out an entire community as well outside just the one-on-one, which is the traditional role of an advisor with a client, but how can we have bringing more women together, more events and building out a very collaborative space for female advisors as well with it. So I find this interesting and I have to ask, where'd you go to college? I went to Moravian University, which is a small school in PA, Pennsylvania. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you must be tall. Unless I'm not incredibly tall. I'm very, very fast. Okay. All right. <laughs> so I love the sports because I played volleyball for many, many years in college and beyond. And you're right. It's empowering other women, right? It's it's really cool being on a team with other women. It's not just your success. It's feeling the impact that you have on other people's success, Right it's intoxicating. So you joined your dad's firm in 2010. What happened? I joined his firm. There were a few other male advisors who were part of his firm. My brother joined at the same time as myself. He was my older, he is my older brother and very traditional setup, male advisors, female back office support, right? 80, 90% of back office support are female. So there were women in the firm. They weren't in the same role as me. They weren't client facing. And right away, I felt at a disadvantage, kind of like the underdog. One, I'm always daddy's little girl. I'm always right, the younger sister. Yeah. here. And then all of the other male advisors were much older than myself as well. So kind of didn't feel like I had a seat at the table. I started then actually reaching out to other successful, I wasn't just successful yet, but other successful female advisors to see, you know, what helped them in the industry, right? What led them to their success? And they all said, I don't have time to talk with you. And I thought, wow, wow, wow. disheartening. And it made me want to hide 
right? When you get that rejection, you just want to kind of curl up and hide and not go out and seek other people (laughs) for a while. I thought, I guess this is just how it is, you know, women competing with one another instead of inspiring and being more collaborative and supportive of each other. So I tried to make it work with my father's firm and I learned a ton. He's an amazing advisor. My brother, all the advisors, they're incredible at his firm. But again, there is a very traditional setup. And I just always felt compelled to really focusing on women. Mm -hmm. And a few years and I begged my father, can I just start doing events geared towards women? And this was more clients of women, women going through a divorce, a major transition in their life. You know, where they feel that they probably time, right, when you need the most support, but you also are nervous and scared to ask for any support mm-hmm. as well. And was he receptive to you doing that? It went back and forth. He was a little nervous and hesitant. He didn't want to upset anybody. Um, but then he he knew where the my heart was and he gave me the approval and I started having these events for women and we would do markets and martinis parties. <laughs> I do, love that. Markets and martinis. Markets and martinis. We we had um a strong retirement club, which was a period, it was a one-year community for women nearing or in retirement to get all their ducks in a row and to feel educated, to talk about their deepest fears around retirement. And I brought in different professionals to assist them, whether it was a Medicare consultants, health coaches, estate attorneys, so many different people to help them, accountants and such. And that led to writing my first book, Strong Woman, Stronger Assets. And that led to my second and third book, Confessions of My Money. And you're still working for your dad and within your dad's practice. Yes, exactly. So So at what point did something change? It was right during COVID. I had my second child, my son, Mikey, and my father approached me and said, I'm looking to change broker dealers. And that's really the right, the financial firm that we are. So he was going to change. Yes. And if he, we all change, right? Yeah, so he obviously. did want our take on, you know, who to join. And we were joining a firm we had been with before. And in my gut, I knew it wasn't the right decision. And it was very hard because it, again, it was COVID second child. No daycare, (laughs) trying to run and grow a business at the same time as taking care of my two kids. My husband's a first responder, so he's still working out of the home, um, dealing with quarantining and COVID because, again, first responders, they still had to be out there. Right. And I just felt I was too entangled in his firm to make a different decision than where, where we were going. It felt like it was the path of least resistance. So we moved over to the broker dealer and I, they had grandfathered in my books, my programs, everything is my contracts, but then compliance started to take them. Away. They were saying no, or you have to severely change <laughs> the language, the verbiage in the books. And what our events were around and even confessions of a money queen, they sat on for 10 months. They wouldn't approve it. They approved it, rejected it, sat on it for 10 months. It was so frustrating. And 
I started working with a business, my now business coach, Brittany Young, at the time. And she goes, you know what's happening here? I'm like, well, it feels like I'm falling off of a cliff. I don't know what's happening. I put my blood, sweat, and tears into creating this community for women, and they want to take it away, basically. Yeah. And she goes, no. Or deny you from going down that path. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And I learned a lot in that process. And I, I'm grateful for it because I learned... One, compliance, it's easier to say no. It's a lot of gray area. And if it's too much gray area, they'll just say no. Yes. The broker dealers, they're not in the business to managing and monitoring outside business activities or OBAs, as we call them. They'd rather say no because it's it's not cost effective right. for them to monitor at all. And that I now being my own chief compliance officer at our RIA, that was a huge learning curve for myself. And yeah, being able to bring that to our ladies. But anyway, so my business coach told me, you know, God's dismantling everything that's not working for you. And I saw that. And at the same time, Adri, I signed up for this email marketing campaign. And this story still makes me laugh. I signed up for this email marketing campaign and the whole purpose was to put qualified calls on my calendar for women that I want to work with as clients. And all they kept sending me were female financial advisors. Oh, you're (laughs) kidding. And call after call with them. I said, why are you sending me female advisors? What am I supposed to do with them? But for some reason, my intuition was telling me, get on the call with them, speak with them. And I learned they were having the same exact issues I was having yeah. at my broker dealer. So that was a huge clue from God. Okay. It's not just you. Other women are dealing with this. And in my world, what I like to do, right? Very problem solver. What's the gap, right? What's the problem? We're going to solve this problem and we're going to build a business around it. And we're going to profit and prosper from this problem. So, okay, there's something here. And then I got on the phone with a, an advisor and she just left her father's firm. And that was another huge clue, light bulb, intuition, lighting me up. Yeah. I never thought I could actually leave my father's firm. I always just, I knew I was going to break his heart if I did that. And was it well, their emotional, their business issues. I mean, it's very complex. It's very, but is it, but is it really? <laughs> Yes. And then the next day I had a call with another advisor who said, you need to change your framework. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm hearing you now. And I started to research. I hired my attorney team and I began the paperwork to become our own registered investment advisory firm, our very own RIA. And I told my dad in his kitchen, I remember it was a Sunday morning. He lives at the beach. We were down there in the summer. I told him what I was doing and he's like, you know, we're going to get this problem solved with compliance. And I said, you know, that is much bigger than that because we're going to be doing podcasts, magazines, TV shows. And if they have issues right now with what we're doing, it's, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle it, the entire time. And that's exactly it. Andrea. I realized how much I was in resistance and, and fight mode during that period of time for several years. And after I made the change and we opened up our doors, I'm working more than I've ever worked, but I'm not in resistance anymore. So So you're putting in the hours, but isn't it like, does it feel like work? 
it's a no like every call <laughs> everything lights me up even more and right the the clients came we get prospects daily coming into our world advisors i mean we launched in march of last year and we brought on four female advisors last year we have three this year joining us i mean constantly getting more and more female advisors because again it wasn't just me who was having these issues in yeah. the industry so here's what I find really fascinating. Now, first of all, I didn't know you were an athlete, and I loved how you talked about that sense of community. And we've got a couple things going on here, right? We've got COVID, we've got compliance, we've got community. We've got a lot of C's going on. <laughs> and I, I want to touch on when COVID occurred, I had a lot of working mothers that I was coaching. And I remember them where they would have a child in the background diving over the sofa, right? It took so much for a working mother to find her rhythm in that new world, right? And then to come back and some firms were saying, well, we want you in the office. Well, you know, this is my business. This is my business. So to push them back was really a challenge. Secondly, compliance. You're absolutely right. I know that everything that we provide here at Femex Advisor is not a compliance issue. It's just an inconvenience issue. And so many women, and it's true, and, and when they've got volumes, they don't have enough compliance officers, but it is incredibly frustrating when you are working for a firm and you're really sensing who you are and your message and what you want to do with this business. And none of it is a legally compliance issue and you can't get it passed. You can't even change the look and feel of your PowerPoint to be female friendly. It's got to have the red and blue, ugly, strong, testosterone driven colors, right? But it's interesting how you kind of sense that. And I want to go back to when you approached your father about creating this path for women. I think that every practice should have a path for women. Now, you have turned your path into an amazing practice where you're bringing in female financial advisors. You're giving them this amazing environment that is like being on a team. It's collaborative. It's a community. It's supportive. And you've got these creative, there's another C, creative ideas to really help them build a business their way. That is unbelievably powerful. But it is funny how we were probably given that message a long time ago. Now, could we have grasped it when we first felt it? Mm. I don't know. If you had done this immediately after wanting to host your events, would it have succeeded as it is today after you went through all these iterations, these challenges, these experiences that kept speaking to you, speaking to you, speaking to you? I agree. I do believe that it takes, it's always there, right? The opportunity is always there. The money is always right there around that next opportunity, but it does take us coming into that person that we need to be, to be able to receive it, to feel worthy of it, 
to be able to lead it, to have the maturity, the experience. And a lot of that experience is the hardships. And I recognize this pattern. I feel like God always works in patterns and seasons for us. That if I'm going through a tough time, it's because I'm about to be connected with a woman who needs my help and guidance getting through that tough time in her own world, in her own right. So I'm constantly learning and getting the tools and resources to then give back to other women as they're on their journeys. And I think that's how we were designed to have that connection with one another. And you're, I don't, it wouldn't have been successful. It needed me to one connect on a heart to heart level with other women in order to do that. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be brave enough to be vulnerable. Authentic. And that takes a lot of maturity. Yes. Yes. You know, when you were talking about when you were in the business and everything you were thinking and feeling and trying to do, you were getting, you were coming against roadblocks, right? It was so incongruent with how you were feeling. And that's where the biggest issue that female advisors have that I see is lack of confidence. Now, right? once you embrace who you truly were meant to be in this business, what happens to your confidence? It lights up. It's that trust. It's like, can I trust that if I go down this path and really be myself, talk about, I have advisors who talk about their ADHD, who talk about their miscarriages, who talk about their previous divorces. Can I trust that if I do this, it's going to be okay? And and not only okay, but be rewarded for it as well. And you're right, that confidence. I whenever I present, I show a picture of myself way back when I started in the industry in the early probably what 2014, 2015. And it's me, hair pulled back, barely any makeup on, black suit, (laughs) little jewelry. And I look like every other advisor, completely blended in with everybody yeah. else. And then I show a picture of myself now in like a hot pink jumpsuit. Maybe there's a crown on top of my head <laughs> for Buddy Queen and pink lipstick, just being and myself. And which one draw- has that energy? Wh- that right. Which one gets the attention? You know, interesting thing. You said earlier that your dad was nervous, Right justifiably so from, you know, this business was built by men to help men attract men. And here you wanted to create this place for women. And the common perception is that if I focus at all on women, I'm going to anger a lot of men out there. I'm going to insult them. And holy cow, what credit are we giving men, right? And when in fact, the opposite happens. So recently I had a female advisor. She had an opportunity to speak at this university. She was on a panel of of five advisors. She was the only female and it was a fraternity, right? So you've got graduates and then you've got alumni. And she goes, how do I differentiate myself? And I said, Tanya, I want you to focus on the women's market. Yeah, but this is an audience of mostly men. I said, I want you to use your story why women? And my God, she goes, Adri, I didn't even know I was going to do it till the last second I did it. I was so nervous. And what an impact it made, you know? And I said, you know, people are going to remember what you said. And she got business and more speaking opportunities from it. But 
everybody is going to remember it because it was so real. And if you're that honest to get out there in front of a group of men and say, a real part of my practice is the focus on women and here's why, they're going to believe you with other things. It's that authenticity. Yes. And it's lacking in our industry. It's so lacking. We see the women, I mean, they're going to take over, we're going to take over the industry because in such, especially in such a digital remote space, it's hard to have that personal connection without being authentic yes. and vulnerable and intimate with people. You have to be, and it's, it makes us not be so intimidated for right. clients coming to us and feel intimidated or that we're speaking over their heads. I have a female clients who say, I felt bullied. I feel like I was yeah. still in like an abusive financial situation with my advisor. Yes. He wouldn't tell me anything. He made me feel horrible if I asked a question. And there's a lot of resentment and built up just negativity in that relationship. And, you know, it's not all the male advisors. There are some absolutely fabulous male advisors. And I was just writing a newsletter and I was saying, women are seeking you out. But how do they find you? If you're not doing anything unique for women, if your message isn't focused on women, if your events aren't designed right around women, how will they ever find you? What they do find and remember are the ones who dismiss them, who shouldn't be working with women, who don't respect women, right? But there are so many good ones. But if they really want to tap into this market, they need to wake up. Yes. And realize you need to shift. And don't you think what women clients want today, Jessica, is what the next generation wants? Yes. Yes. I mean, this isn't niche marketing. This is generational marketing. Yes. Yes. Being more innovative. How can you get your message out there? I mean, that's why we have a whole media company with book publishing, podcasts. It's allowing the clients, the women to be able to access you on their terms, in their home, in their comforts. I love that. And initiate that conversation. And you're providing that conversation starter with these digital assets. I was just at an event in this New York City, and it was all about marketing. It was with one of our third-party money managers. And only 3% of client new client relationships come from digital marketing. 3%. That's it. And think of how much information we get on a digital space. All of it. Yeah. I would say all of it. So the industry needs to, I mean, this is a whole nother side of the conversation. The industry needs to start embracing that and allowing their advisors. And that's why I started the Women's Wealth Boutique, because that's where the future is going. That's where people are making relationships and connections and gathering information. Wow. So before I ask you what you your your one words of advice, if I'm a female advisor, I'm not happy where I am. And and let me just say this: I'm not encouraging anybody to make a switch. Making a switch can be very taxing and scary, but for the right people, it's the best move you will ever make. How should they reach out and learn more about what you do? Amen. Yes. Womenswealthboutique.com. We have a page that 
goes over our firm, frequently asked questions, the lay of the land, what you get here, what you can expect. And you're right, it is. I've done quite a few transitions and now we're in the business of transitioning advisors. <laughs> just so happens. And there's the emotional, the physical, the mental. It's a lot. It can be, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. It's a lot. Having the right team in place from our team, your team, and then the custodian's team as well is huge. And we usually work with women for about six to 12 months to gear to them up mentally, emotionally, get their book cleaned and ready, legal aspects as well. That's a huge, huge part of a transition. But yeah, the womenswealthboutique.com, we have a ton of resources there. We have events all through the year. We have our podcast, mm. Women Behind the Millions. Yep. Check it out. Everybody needs to check it out. And I want to just, because we're running out of time, if you could give women one thing, one message, what would it be? I think right now, and this is a huge trend for us ladies at the Women's Wealth Boutique is stop being scared of wealth. Stop being scared of a massive, massive amounts of wealth. And just look back and see how you have proven the ability to trust your intuition. And when you can start to trust your intuition, that confidence that we were talking about earlier, that lack of confidence is going to be gone. Look back and see when you trusted your intuition, when you trusted your gut, it set you on the right path, got you into alignment and start doing that more and more. And it's going to get rid of that fear, that intimidation of wealth, because that's a huge piece of why. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. I love what you've done. I admire your courage to walk away from something that was, you know, job security, financial security, and you chose to create something yourself. Obviously, it serves you well because you've built such an amazing practice. I would encourage every woman to think about it, look at it. I'm not promoting it. I'm not pushing it. But really finding your space in your home where you can be authentically yourself as a woman is huge. So if you love the podcast, share it with everybody you know. And if you want to learn more about the Femex Advisor Program, visit femexadvisor.com. We'd love to hear from you. Jessica, fabulous job. Love your practice. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on here. I love what you're doing. It's incredible. And I think both of us agree. Education is the most important thing. And I'm here to educate female advisors. What are their options? And then you said, what's going to be the best home for them? So thank you so much for having me on here. And let me share my journey with everyone. You're welcome. Bye now. Thank you for listening to the Femex Advisor Podcast with Adri Miller-Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Adri on LinkedIn. To learn more, visit Adri's website at femexadvisor.com. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Femex Advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only.